0: Hello and welcome to this uh, podcast from Hempson's, which is a conversation between Justin Cumberledge, uh, that's me, I, and I'm a partner at Hempson's in our primary healthcare team based in London. Uh, we've got uh, six solicitors in our team across the country based in Manchester, Harrogate and Newcastle, as well as London. And in London, in our team is also Kirsty O'Dell.
1: Hi, everyone. So so I'm Kirsty, I'm I'm one of the associate solicitors in in Justin's team, um, working predominantly in the the GP primary healthcare team.
0: So our team is a corporate team, but in addition, we have the uh, property and the employment and dispute resolution teams. But today we're going to be talking about the uh, PCNs and how to form or some suggestions on how to ensure that your PCN is going to be sustainable over the future. The NHS bill has come out and we might have hoped that there'll be something about PCNs in that, but it's not mentioned at all. So what the future lies for them is quite a difficult question. But I think there are ways that PCNs can uh, structure themselves for a a future, because the government has invested in bringing a lot of practices together. So
1: yeah, absolutely, and I think you know you you're talking about the the health and and care bill, and that there are opportunities in there. And I mean that the fundamental point seems to be integration and and collaboration and PCNs seem to be the starting point for that. You know the stronger their PCns are, the more more unified a voice they're going to have and and a stronger position they're going to be in when it comes to ICSs, if if that's the, the, what the future holds. So, so I definitely think there are opportunities there for for PCns as long as they're appropriately set up in the first instance.
0: They were described at the outset as the building blocks for the healthcare system. And I think what some lack is the vision as to what the building is going to look like, that they are a block in. The strength of organizations is often having a vision as to what they want to be in two, three, maybe five years time. But those companies that really have a vision as to what they want to achieve are the ones that are successful. For PCNs, the issue has been that they've just had so much thrown at them with all the DESs and so on. And creating the space to think about how primary care should look, how it could deliver the best services for patients in their area and the population as a whole has maybe maybe been difficult. I think we've seen a really good example of... uh, the co-op- cooperation of primary care in the delivery of the COVID vaccine, which has been tremendous, and that has been rolled out at primary care level and coordination between, particularly GP practices and pharmacists and some of the community trusts as well.
1: Yeah, maybe that is the the way forward. That actually PCNs need to take a step back and and go back to basics for a minute. I mean, we always say that it's function over form when it comes to setting up any kind of collaboration or, or alliance working structure. And, and like you said, with with PCNs, it's kind of been thrown at them, and and they've been purely focused on what they need to do for the DESs and haven't really had an opportunity to think about what else it might look like for them. So perhaps if they they reevaluate, and now's potentially a good time to do that as to what what they want to get out of their PCNs. Um, it might mean that they can evolve their their structures and, and evolve their PCNs in a way that provides more successful future and sustainable future for them. Um, you know, particularly with, with all of the additional roles that are going to be added to their to the DESs, um, yeah,
0: over Yeah, I the, mean the
1: next that's.
0: Yeah, that's potentially huge, isn't it? I mean, the number of ARRS roles that are coming in, and for one practice to take all that on. That's a huge HR responsibility for them, uh, and if it's all the practices taking on some people, is is going to be a bit co- you know uh, a bit chaotic with practices um, having different terms and conditions, and then the employee going to um, one pra- practice who's not their employer, and so on. So there is there is a structural need behind it. But I think for any PCN to be really successful, it has, as I was saying earlier, got to have its vision. There's got to be trust between the different practices. And that means actually between the partners because it's an unincorporated association made up of individual partners in the end. So if there isn't trust and confidence between them, then you're never going to build that strong structure Uh, What we can do, of course, is help them uh, hardwire in the structure by building around it either through uh, contractual agreements with the PCN agreement or even incorporation uh, by having a company. And then they've got to decide on how they're going to delegate um, some of those functions amongst themselves um, and, and integrate with other primary care providers, which are multiple I mean you've got dentists you've got pharmacists you've got uh, the mental health trust the community trusts, you know even acute trusts are doing a lot of primary health care really which should be outside done outside hospitals and shouldn't be done by hospitals at all so building those strong PCNs is so important don't you think
1: yeah absolutely and I think uh, that's where the the fundamental difficulties arise is that these GP practices have, have spent However long being in competition essentially with each other, they're all businesses that are running their own their own practices, and so it's a complete change I think in mindset to now start working alongside these people, and of course you know they've always been working with the other providers that we've we've just spoken about, and but they can maximise uh, you know those alliances to to a greater extent and. You know the more that come together the the better the service they're going to be able to provide within their within their patient populations um so yeah like you say we can help them forge those those arrangements and put the contractual at least the contractual side together but but they need to work i think on on the trust element themselves and it's a leap of faith i think for them to some extent
0: yeah and there's some really good facilitators who we work with. With you can help them do that as well, um, and you know our workshops that we provide are another um, where they can go through that. Although the workshops tend to look at the form, by doing the form you can um, think about the function and use the form as a uh, as something to. Um, on. So I would say there are some key questions for PCNs, and that is, what is your vision for the PCN? Um, What purpose could it carry out to help your GP practices? Uh, Could it make general practice more efficient and effective? And how could they help ICSs as they are formed? Because they've got to have a strong voice there as well. And then perhaps finally, what does your PCN need to change to help you and your practice to work with other organizations. But as we yeah, enter into this new world.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's key at the moment, isn't it? Reevaluating their positions and, and looking to the future um, to try and create a sustainable PCN that that gives them every success and and their patients the support and resources that, that they need. Yeah.
0: Thanks, Kirsty. Good talking to you about this. Uh, but it's so, so easy for us to talk about it, so difficult for implementation, but uh, hopefully we can help people do that.
1: Absolutely, thanks Justin.